0: Yo, this place is big. We shouldn't split up Finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie, ever.
1: Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up.
2: Welcome back to the Dope Split Up Horror Podcast. This is episode number 27. We're going back into space with The Fourth Kind and The Event Horizon. I'm J.R. Foresteros.
3: I'm Amanda Foresteros.
2: I'm Moza Haiti.
3: And I'm Stacy Silveri.
2: Uh, Before we dive into these films, we wanted to talk about a few movies that we have gotten to see lately that are either in theaters or on video on demand right now that you might have gotten a chance to see that we're not going to probably devote a full episode to unless they give us sequels, which that'd be awesome, I think, in most of these cases. So, uh, first of all, Amanda, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Shallows?
3: Well... As we all know on this podcast, I am horrified by sharks, and Jaws definitely is in my top five of all time as scariest movies. But I have, like, a a weird, unhealthy fascination with sharks. Like, I'm... I can't... It's like a train wreck. I can't look away. Like, I have to... I have to see them. I, I'm pretty sure I've told you guys before that when I was a kid, my grandma had cable, and she taped Shark Week, for us on VHS's, and my brother and I would watch Shark Week all year long. We loved it. Anyway, so The Shallows is this movie about this surfer, Blake Lively, who, I mean, I don't know what her name is in the movie, but anyway, uh, she's a surfer, and she's sort of trying to find herself. uh, You should just watch the, the trailer, but she gets attacked by a shark and is stranded out on this rock. Uh, so it's really kind of a one-woman play. Like she, she is the main character. She, she has to kind of come up with a plan to survive. Um, if she survive, you know, it, it's just a, it's pretty well done. I have a few complaints of like the CGI being a little redonkulous, but I'm also glad that they didn't use a real shark for, uh, you know. Attacking her and whatnot. Uh, lots of good jump scares. I was hiding halfway in my cardigan the entire time I was watching it. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was it was it was good times. How did you feel watching it with me,
2: Jr. I enjoyed how scared you were. And here's the thing: <laughs> if you are going to the theaters to see a shark movie where sharks act like real sharks do in the wild, then you probably don't share the same desire that 99.9% of the rest of American moviegoers do. We right. want movies about sharks that hunt people. They're uh, an
3: eating machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you and trying to so, tell me
2: sharks don't hunt people? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Hmm. Uh, so, if yeah. you look
3: like a tasty, delicious seal, they might hunt they
2: you. They might, yeah. But
3: But not actively over and over and over and over again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like she wakes up on the rock, and the shark is circling the rock, like waiting for her to fall in. It's like, yeah, they they're not that smart. Uh, so, and please, uh, any marine biologists who are listening, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I, yeah, so, so there were multiple times when the shark would do things and I was like, yeah, sharks don't really do that, but it didn't matter because it gave you some great visuals. It was very scary. Uh, it, was, it was a fun, super fun movie. Uh, we, we also recently got to participate in the Alamo Draft House Jaws on the Water event, which is where you go float in a lake on an inner tube and watch the movie Jaws. Um, and that was also super fun.
0: Having seen both back-to-back, which shark was the scarier shark, Jaws oh, or the Shadows? <laughs> uh, Not Jaws, the movie itself, just the shark.
3: Oh yeah, Jaws. First of all, he is more lifelike. Um, I love the practical effects from the 70s. I I love. I, I went on the, the ride in Orlando when I was a senior, the summer after my senior year of high school, and it... I mean, seeing that dorsal fin coming at you, horrifying. <laughs> like, completely and utterly horrifying. <laughs> also, while we were watching the movie, on the inner tubes, while, you know, my, my butt sticking in the water, and something, like, head-butted me in the butt, and I almost screamed and had a heart attack <laughs> and died, because it was obviously a lake shark that was coming to attack me.
0: Um, Those are a thing.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So but anyway,
3: Jaws. I I think. What about you, Jr. Did you like Jaws better, or
2: I mean, I think the film Jaws is better overall, but I think the Shark in the Shallows is way scarier. Yeah. Well,
3: that's
2: true. So, uh, anyway, another movie that I caught recently uh, that is getting some good buzz right now is called Even Lambs Have Teeth, and I'm not sure why it's getting so much buzz, other than that it was clearly made for a very low budget, and is very graphic. It's basically a torture porn revenge movie about these two girls who get kidnapped and put into sex slavery, not sex slavery, uh, and then escape and go back and get revenge on their captors. Um, It's only like 80 minutes long. It's a really short movie. Uh, My housemate Clay and I were sitting around one night trying to figure out what to do and we saw that movie and saw it had some good ratings and so we decided to watch it and
1: it's
2: not great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I guess, but there's not much to it. It's and and the first twenty minutes are, are agonizing because nothing happens. Mm-hmm. We kept trying to guess how the dialogue was setting up things later in the film, and spoiler: it turns out it wasn't. So, uh, yeah, it just it did was, it
3: come out this year?
2: Yeah, and it's on video on demand now. You can check it out. Hmm. It's, it's 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 indie. It's very low budget. Um, it's not bad, and I hate to bash on an indie film. Um, it's okay, but it, it's, it was way overhyped by websites like Bloody Disgusting and some of those. So, I don't know. Like, I just thought it was okay. And Clay also just thought it was okay. I
3: dig the title. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it, the title is cooler than the film. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the title.
3: So, the other movie that we've seen recently is, and I don't know how familiar you guys are with, but this this is a trilogy well it's now a trilogy hopefully we'll see many more to come but was purge election year Um,
0: am I I the only one who didn't get to see the election year yeah
3: yeah Stacey you even went and saw it by yourself right I did you're so hardcore right oh my god it was scary
2: what'd you think of it
4: um it was kind of a letdown
3: Really? (laughs) yeah like I'm intrigued
4: Obviously, like the per—I mean, the purge is what it is. They can't really do too much to it. I feel like at this point, it's kind of getting repetitive.
3: <laughs> they
4: try to change it up a little bit this this
3: movie, but
4: I kind of was bored halfway through and was wow. expect- you know kind of just picked out what was gonna happen. So
3: I loved all of the costumes and everything, and oh, I don't thought hit- it was like, yeah. All- keep going. That's okay. Uh, And all of the the religious language. I mean, I know it's always kind of been tied in, but this one particularly, it was it was really disturbing. Like super, super disturbing. But I I I feel like
4: they nailed it. I was gonna say I feel like they nailed it there, but just like the storyline kind Mm -hmm. of lacked.
0: I only got to see the first two, and the first one I thought was disappointing. But the second one I actually enjoyed. I liked the story more. I thought there, it was a little, there was a little more depth to it. And then I actually had high hopes for the third one as a result of that.
2: So You know, the first film is largely a home invasion film with an interesting premise for why they can't just call the police. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a film like You're Next or The Strangers does basically the same thing as the original Purge movie much better. Uh, the Strangers, that's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Um, and I love your Next also. But uh, the second film, yeah, it actually blows the movie up, and it says, okay, well, who would actually get purged if this were an actual cultural institution? And it becomes a really sharp critique. Not a very subtle critique. No, um, not even a little bit. But, <laughs> but a really sharp critique of our society. And in that sense, I thought the third film carried that on well and even added some new layers to it. Again, they weren't surprising, but they were fun, and they were... Uh, I'm going to say this in scare quotes, believable in the context of in the context of the movie, you know, because the the third film is set 20 years into this institution, so we've mm-hmm. had an entire generation that has grown up knowing the Purge. So anyway, we don't want to give any spoils to it. We're probably going to do a episode on this franchise when the Purge Four comes out next year or the year after. Uh, but yeah, I, would you, Stacy, recommend people see it?
4: Yeah, it's worth going to see.
2: I would highly recommend it. Yeah,
4: I'm
3: the same way. I was all about it. I don't think you necessarily have to see it in theaters, per se. Um, It's not like a really large action movie, especially, I think, compared to the second one. I don't know. Um, But even still.
2: I would say if you're only going to go see one scary movie this weekend, make it The Shallows.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Super scary.
0: (laughs) Would you say each one gets incrementally better, Jr. then? Or Uh, which one stands out to you?
2: I would not fight anyone who liked the second one the best. I actually have had conversations with several people who liked the first one Mm. far and away the best, and I was baffled by that. Let us know what you think of those movies. Let us know if there are any other great horror movies you've been into recently at dontsplitup.com or facebook.com slash dontsplitup. For now, let's get into our review of The Fourth Kind. (laughs) Uh, So this film came out in 2009, and it's a really interesting blend of quote-unquote found footage and then recreation. So they, they recreate scenes from the found footage or from the tape recordings that are allegedly real, and they use Hollywood actors, and, and they're like really unapologetic about that. The film's title, The Fourth Kind, is taken from the so-called Hynek scale of UFO sightings. Uh, and they're arranged according to increasing proximity. So you've probably heard of the famous Steelberg, uh, Steelberg, Steven Spielberg <laughs> movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, that's when a UFO enc- uh, encounter has an animated creature present. So that could be a humanoid, a robot, uh, or humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of UFO. If there is a, if there is a UFO and you see a creature, like a, a, an animated creature, then it's a close encounter of a third kind. Uh, the close encounter of the fourth kind is when there is a human who is abducted by a UFO or its occupants. So that's that's what we're dealing with in this film, is alleged UFO abductions. Um, what did you all make of the true story motif?
0: It depends on if you're talking about the first time I watched the show or the second time <laughs> I watched the <this> show. <laughs> Explain though. <laughs> The, the first time I watched this show was the beginning of my uh, pursuit of alien conspiracy theories and whether or not aliens have been to Earth and are real, et cetera, et cetera. And I jumped in, like, head first. I mean, I was gung-ho. And I'm a huge fan of anything alien, like, conspiracy-wise. Uh, it, it's fun, even if you don't believe it. It's a ton of fun. And so I think when I first saw this film, I just wanted to believe and so I did zero research. Uh, I really didn't pay that to close attention to the film. And I thought it was all real, and I friggin' loved it. And then I re-watched it the second time, and I was just ashamed at myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, like, what do you mean? Like, be more specific. So... Walk us through your shame.
0: Mostly because this story really just doesn't tie itself together. Uh... And I should have known better because after watching... The, this has happened to me twice now, so I'll, I probably shouldn't have admitted that. But the first was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I went home and did a ton of research after I saw that movie because I was terrified that that had actually happened somewhere in the real life. And I mean, it has. Happened.
2: And your friends, your friends live in Texas, so you were scared for us. Yeah. Absolutely. We appreciate that. Yeah.
0: I didn't want any harm to come to you, too. And so... I should have done some research this time. I didn't. It, it just I, specifically, I guess that the show just didn't tie anything together. There was no real hard evidence. Um, the main character, who this is supposed to be based around, a didn't exist, but b was kind of crazy. Um, should have been a giveaway. Uh, was dealing with some major trauma. It just, uh, I don't know.
2: It was painful the second time. Interesting, uh, Stacey. What do you think of it?
3: Um,
4: I kind of. Followed along Mo a little bit the first time I was a little more into it. Um, and I think it's more just initially when I first watched this, like I was still, I'm always like scared of aliens. And like that's like one of my worst fears that like being abducted or being in a situation like that where you're out of control and there's something that's controlling you and making you do what they want. But the second time around, I kind of like Mo didn't really, didn't work out as well for me. Just the storyline, some of the acting, um, it just didn't quite fit together like it did the first time for me.
0: And I will say, in Stacey and I's defense, uh, I think what did really get to me the first time around, and this is something um, that scares me in movies like, JR, you don't like possession. Stacey doesn't like being abducted. Amanda hates sharks. Uh, for me, I love <laughs>
3: sharks. <laughs> but I'm also terrified of them. Anyway, go on.
0: For me, it's the idea that no one would believe me if something was happening to me. So, (laughs) um, like, with her, the main character in this film, you know, she's the one that's witnessing all these unique events. She's kind of tying it together. She thinks something else is going on, but everyone thinks she's crazy. And I often wonder... uh, I think I talked about that Ryan Reynolds movie recently, Voices or something like that. Mm -hmm. What would it be like if you actually were mentally ill or you were losing your mind... um, or you weren't. But no one else like you couldn't see that and no one else sure. around you believed you. Like that to me is terrifying. So what if you really had been abducted and I came to you or I had been abducted and I came to you guys, I'm like, guys, you will not believe this. And you wouldn't believe that.
1: <laughs> and actually, that in
0: itself would be terrifying.
4: I'd like to point out that I one probably would believe you, because that's scary as shit. And if I was in your position I'd want somebody to believe you. You're or a good
0: believe friend, me. Stacey. <laughs> JR would be quite the skeptic.
4: Yeah. Second So, I don't know how many of our listeners know, I have a twin sister, and Mm -hmm. growing up, my mom was all about watching, like, the haunting shows, you know, she was very into, like, the ghosts and possessions and everything, so it, it always scared me growing up. So my twin sister and I made a pact growing up that if anything of this nature happened to us, no matter what, the other person would believe them.
1: So
4: <laughs> if you'd like to join in our pact, Mo, you're more than welcome. Consider somebody going. will, so
2: somebody
1: that's will in,
4: always
2: believe you. That's interesting because that is the terror that is at the heart of this film, is that this psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Abigail Taylor, uh, believes uh, and c- comes to believe thoroughly that her patients are experiencing abduction we're not we're not sure why she comes to believe that that's <laughs> not really made clear in the story but she does and that she has been experiencing this as well um
3: but that she's also delusional
2: mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right definitely and so that's what i'm saying like no one believes her
3: yeah.
2: um except her patients who are at least as crazy as she is
3: that's true I was super irritated that it that I got Blair Witched. Like, I was not... I was super intrigued at the very beginning because they have all of the quote-unquote real footage and then they have all the recreations. And I was like, ooh, they're doing this really well. Like, this is a super interesting premise. And then I was so irritated because about... Oh, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes in, I started just Googling a few things. I probably should have waited until the end, but I, I Googled stuff, and then I was like, oh, dang it, they've yeah. totally Blair Witched us. This is obnoxious. <laughs> so that just colored the rest of my experience because I had never seen it before. I've only seen it the one time and it will probably be the only time I see it. I'm course.
2: fascinated that any of you believed it was real for any amount oh, of time. Oh man,
3: I was so intrigued.
2: I was not convinced. I was not convinced by the quote-unquote real footage. Oh. I thought the acting was like very fine, but clearly acting.
3: I just wanted to believe them. I wanted yeah. to be a believer.
0: That's the same Me boat well. I was in. I want aliens to be real, whether they're mean or
2: nice. <laughs> 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 hang on, hang on. I take issue with the fact that because I didn't buy this movie, I must not want aliens to be real. No one was a bigger Fox Mulder fan than I. Oh,
1: yeah,
2: you're <laughs> I want to believe. I had the poster. I, it. I just think this movie was very bad.
3: <laughs> it, it was pretty
2: <laughs> Second time around Mo is inclined to agree with you.
3: <laughs>
2: One of the main reasons I was so put off of the possibility that this could be real was because of how the sheriff acted. That's true. Like nothing he did and none of the reactions that he had made any sense.
0: No, there was zero investigative work being done. Mm-hmm. He was just an angry person.
2: Yeah, literally yeah. he just he he walked on screen, yelled and then left. Like, every scene. Yeah. And
0: yeah.
2: apparently, did you guys have you guys heard of the controversy? Apparently there actually are a lot of people who go missing in Nome, Alaska. Like, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah. And so okay. a lot of the people in Nome are upset at this film mm-hmm. because they feel like it like trivialized their actual pain. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so a lot of the people who go missing are actually just wander into the wilderness drunk and yeah. freak to death. <laughs> and a lot of them don't get found. And then <laughs> I guess they interviewed or someone had called the mayor or something like that after the film was done. And the mayor was like, yeah, not only is none of this remotely true and it's kind of annoying that people keep calling like when we do have these losses, um, but it wasn't even filmed here. It was filmed in like Iceland or something like that. They're like, that looks nothing like no. (laughs) (laughs) Bummer.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: So what was your favorite part of the movie? Best scare.
3: Owls are horrifying when yeah. they can move their necks, or their heads rather, all the way around. That was the scariest part for me.
0: I, I love the introduction of the owl, and they kind of played off, what was it, Um, the Witch Possession movie where it's like 3.30 or 3.33?
3: Uh, it's the Conjuring.
4: No, I think it's The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes, oh, Emily yeah, Riff. that
0: too. That so too. that whole kind of, you know, uh, same time as, Every evening, the owl, and then cutting away before you ever saw it. That I think that was effectively scary for me the first time.
2: <laughs> the first time. Yeah. I am
0: I am, I am asterisked here.
2: deeply <laughs> bothered by the fact that Moe and Stacy are so fine with this film despite the fact that there was no explanation for any of the aliens activities given.
4: It's aliens.
0: So here I, I tried to explain this to you before. I'm gonna try my best now. You're gonna tear it apart, JR, and we're gonna move forward. <laughs> Backstory is relevant when there's a backstory, but if you don't know the backstory, <laughs> how can you give it? These okay, are-
2: you didn't like Black Christmas because you didn't know any of the backstory of Billy. And it wasn't relevant then. But people knew about Billy. There was
0: neighbors and people who were in aware movie, of Billy.
4: In the movie there's backstory.
0: No one no one had met the aliens before. We were un- we were uncovering the backstory with
2: Mila. Except we never got any backstory.
0: That's because she was crazy and the movie was crap.
3: Well, and because it was super irritating, it was basically a possession movie. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't yeah. alien abduction, you no. know? There was no probing. There was no anything like that. It was just a bunch <laughs> of people acting like psychos that then would kill themselves and kill their families. So disturbing, but not at all
2: aliens. Yeah, the one scene where the guy even levitated off the bed, I was like, wait, what kind of movie is this? Yeah.
3: Or when they're they're speaking in Sumerian or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the super ancient language and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, come on, people. We can do something better than this.
0: Yeah, I apologize. I, I, I will take <laughs> full blame for this film, for any listeners who watched it as a result of my, my recommendation. I
2: will, I will say my best was also The Owl. I thought that was like the one legitimately creepy part of the film. I liked it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't think we need to do worse, do we? <laughs>
2: yeah, I have a specific worst.
0: Oh, uh, I was going thinking... to... Lead off, JR.
2: Um, I didn't understand the husband's suicide at all. That was so out of left field.
0: Mila's? Or...
2: No, yeah. her husband's.
3: Yeah, her husband.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Well, I think that was just... He was like... Where you, you think like her first client or patient, where he... When he kills his family, like murder-suicide, like he wasn't the actual first one, it was the husband. You just don't know that until, like, the end of the movie. Yeah. Obviously, it's bad storyline because he doesn't kill
3: his own family as well. Well,
2: I don't... I I think it it plays into
3: the the hypnotic... Like, being hypnotized and all that kind of stuff. See
2: how we're all guessing and no one has any idea? That's my point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: That was my worst. (laughs)
2: No one else.
0: It was That's
1: all it. my worst. <laughs> I mean, was... I'm just
0: tired of being lied to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: hate that Hollywood presents it as true. Stop it, Hollywood. <laughs>
2: uh, so I'm. I would not recommend this film. Nope.
0: Negative. I, no, I would not either. And I'm sorry that I previously did. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: uh, yeah. Stacy? I'm gonna. I'm gonna give that a hard no as well.
3: Just go watch Alien and Aliens again. This
2: is this Pretty the first. Hard. The first, actually, I would even say "Fire in the Sky" is a better alien abduction film. Did you guys that. ever see that? No, no. that was a crazy movie. Yeah, yeah. And equally like equally ambiguous. I would say even more ambiguous than this one. You like, you're never sure whether he's crazy or not.
3: So, is this we... the first one we've agreed on that no one should go watch it?
2: Yeah. Um, no,
0: so. we have to have had.
3: I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I mean, the did first. we all recommend The Gallows?
2: I sure did not.
3: <laughs>
0: I <laughs> might have
2: just despite Jr. <laughs> I know. I okay, I
3: think
4: Mo and I definitely did. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our review of another great space horror film, Event Horizon. And
3: now it is time to go back.
4: I know to hell. You know nothing. Hell is only a word. Reality is much, much worse.
3: Now let me show you.
2: This movie came out in 1997, and it was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who went on... He had just directed Mortal Kombat, and he turned down Mortal Kombat Annihilation to direct Event Horizon. Uh, the original cut of the film was 130 minutes long, and it got a strong NC-17 rating from the MPAA, so the studio made him cut it down to, its. I think it's about 90 minutes now. And uh, it tanked bad in the theaters, which uh, is not because of me, because I sneaked, this was the only rated R movie I ever sneaked into uh, when I was a kid. I sneaked in when I was 16, and I saw it in the theater. Um, so it's not my fault that it tanked, uh, but it's actually become kind of like a cult classic. Like a lot of people kind of considered an underrated horror film. And the director, uh, Paul Anderson, said that the original director's cut is basically lost. They lost all of the footage shortly after the film was released, except that they did find a copy of it in 2012 on VHS, and no one has seen or heard from that copy since. Oh, so, bummer.
0: I would be extra intrigued to watch that.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, one of the big criticisms that this film got was that it is so similar to Hellraiser and Alien. When that, I would say pretty fairly, like, Alien plus Hellraiser equals Event Horizon. Um, but Clive Barker, who wrote the Hellraiser books and uh, consulted on those films, actually like consulted on Event Horizon also. Mm. So...
0: Uh, I'm not seeing Hellraiser. Can you give us a 20 second plot summary?
2: Uh, Hellraiser is pinhead and he basically is from Hell and he tortures people. It's a lot of the psychological like the psychological part of this of like they went to hell and no one has no one can really like in this reality understand how terrible hell is. It's this like dimension of pure chaos and evil and suffering. like that's all like vintage barker. The idea okay. that what is truly horrifying is too terrible for the human mind to comprehend. Okay. Right. Like that's.
3: But have you ever seen the pinhead character where he has all the pins sticking out of him, and he has a bunch of creases yeah. in his face? Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Hellraiser. He yeah. has the little the little uh, box that. Uh, I don't. know, I can have the. Uh, we'll put it. See if we can find an image of it. But a lot yeah, of the design. I it's like a
4: Rubik's cube. Yes.
2: yes. So a lot of the design of the gravity well in, the event horizon is very Hellraiser inspired, and then mm-hmm. even the final form of Doctor Weir when the ship brings him back, is very Pinhead-inspired.
3: Yes. I didn't feel like it was a rip-off. I felt like it was a great homage. Like, it's a movie in space. Of course it's going to look like Alien in some regard. Well,
2: yeah, you have the dirty space of Alien. You have, like, the crew that's, like, blue-collar, and they have, like, a real family atmosphere, and then they get in over their heads. It was interesting because it almost was like it started as Alien and ended as Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. And in a way that I thought, I don't know, I, I really like this movie, to, to tip my hat. Um, it's, it's, it was one of, you know, one of my favorite horror movies as a kid growing up. I guess say as a kid, it's like a teenager, but, um, I don't know, like it's always really worked for me and I, and yeah, it's all the effects and stuff are dated now, but I don't, I, I still had a lot of fun going back and revisiting it. I was going oh, to,
4: um, I was actually surprised by this movie. I was kind of expecting that I wasn't going to enjoy it and it was going to be silly and kind of corny. But I I really got into this movie, and I was watching it with my sister, and the next thing I know, she's more into it than I am. So, yeah, <laughs> Mary awesome. was hooked on this movie.
3: That's awesome. I had never actually seen it either. Uh, I guess I was looking at a list of all of the movies that were released in 1997, and this is... Legitimately, one of the only movies I did not see in 1997.
2: So. And you're such a big Sam Neill fan.
3: Yeah, and I freaking love Sam Neill because I love Jurassic yeah. Park. Um, yeah, I have no idea, I have no idea how I missed it. Um, I will say, at the very end, I was a bit disappointed because I thought that this was going to be an alien movie, and I'm just gonna say it wasn't at all. It was still really good and really interesting, but I was expecting there to be aliens behind all of it, and instead it was... Anyway, we can talk about that later.
2: Yes, we disagree about what counts as an alien.
3: JR argued with me about it after we finished the movie. I
2: would would argue that
3: it
0: was an alien.
4: Ooh, I'd, I'd have to agree with Amanda.
3: I just felt like it was... It was like a, a kind of a possession movie or a um, creature movie, or but not...
2: But it was clearly alien. established that they were not from Earth. Yeah.
3: But they were but they're they're not from, from Earth. Earth. They're not
4: from our universe or our dimension. Yeah,
2: they're extraterrestrial. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I would, I'm looking at I, I AR on, on this one.
3: I, I just had a completely different picture in my mind of, of what I was expecting there to be, like, alien creatures, those kinds of things, not just this sort of presence that... Anyway.
2: The other... Go ahead, Mo.
0: I was just going to say, to me, this film is a better film adaptation of the book Sphere. I mean, it varies (laughs) quite a bit. Um,
2: You mean ban the movie Sphere.
0: Yeah, the movie Sphere (laughs) stunk. The book was amazing. Loved the book. Uh, But it did not translate into the film. Um, And to me, this was the better... Version of that. It was different, but essentially the same plot.
2: Uh, the other reason that I love this movie so much is because a metal band that I loved and still love called Zeo put out an album called Liberate TX, and Ferris, Save Yourself from Hell, and all of the sound bites that they use on the album are from Event Horizon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, even listening, even watching the movie, and I would hear some of the sound bites that again. Watching this movie a hundred times growing up, I loved. I also heard them from the album. So two stories about uh, watching Event Horizon for me. Uh, my friend Clint Lineberry and I went and, and we sneaked into the theater. He was actually seventeen. I was not, so I had to sneak in. I spent half the movie like afraid that I was going to get you know that somehow someone was going to come and figure it out. I had sneaked in. No one cared, obviously. Uh, (laughs) But we left the theater. We had gone and seen it after school. We left the theater. It was still broad daylight, and we were both so freaked out by it. Like, we looked under his car before we left. Like, we were so scared. I don't know why. I mean, I've rarely been that scared after a movie, and it was, like I said, broad daylight. But I told that story to the two guys that I lived with the summer after my freshman year of college, and they they, they made fun of me because they couldn't believe I had been so scared by a movie. And so uh, I lived with a guy Brian Wygant, and then this other guy Steve Cochran lived down the street, and he would always just walk down to our house, and so we'd all hang out. So I made them watch this movie one night with me. And I remember looking over when the credits started rolling, and they both had their knees up on the the couch and were like hiding behind their hands. <laughs> and it was like probably one o'clock in the morning when the movie ended. And they made me put on Varsity Blues before they would go to bed. Like, they needed a chaser <laughs> to, to, like, watch it because they were both so scared. And then as soon as, so it's like, now it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and we're saying goodbye to Steve. And he opens, the, literally as soon as he opens the door, a coyote or something howled outside. And it was, like, the most terrifying thing ever. So we were like, call us when you get home, Steve-o. <laughs> And we send him outside into the dark with the coyote uh, and Event Horizon. So you guys yeah, are this, great yeah, this yeah uh, this 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 movie does occupy a special place in in my heart. Uh, I don't know what worked for you in this
1: movie. <laughs> Who's coming? <laughs> the, the dark. Ah. <laughs> uh...
0: Everything. I mean, I like. I thought it was well put together. Like I said, for me, it's good. Sphere. Like I can't see that movie and not think of Michael Crichton's Sphere. Um, it. It's different. It's darker. Um, more aggressive. Uh, but it still has that same psychological, you know, mind play going on. Uh, you've got this entity or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't, are we going to just jump right into spoilers? Yeah, it's fine. Um, spoilers. You, you know, you've got the they've essentially gone to hell and back, is what they say, or they have at least gone to this other dimension. Um, and when they come back, they've got a claw out their eyes because what they've witnessed is so horrible that they, they just can't see anymore. Um, but it, it, to me, it was fear because everyone goes to the spaceship in the movie Sphere, or the book, uh, and then they come back changed. And then they're projecting their fears uh, on everyone else around them, which is essentially what was happening in this, except the fears were happening only to them, uh, if I recall correctly. And so I don't. I just thought it was really well done. It was much darker. Um, I wasn't terrified, but I definitely didn't want to be any of those people.
4: <laughs> I I actually did have a question. So before they even get to the ship, um, the doctor, Doctor Ware, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah. So was he like? How did he like start having like the visions first? Like nobody else had them until they got onto the ship. How did he like have them be like? I don't know, that part just kind of confused
2: me. I mean, there's, we don't know, right? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good question. And I, I think the only, the only answer the movie offers is that he built the ship. And so there's some kind of like it. deeper connection to it.
3: Yeah, it's always been a part of him.
2: That was the takeaway I had as well. But again, that's, that's speculation. The movie never makes that text. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that the ship certainly affects him in a unique way. You know, um, it seemed from the recording that the captain of the Event Horizon was like the ringleader. He was the one that clawed his eyes out and his voice was on the recording and all of that. So it may be that, you know, it appointed him as the new captain or the new person that it would use. It possessed him.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, was I thought, Um, I really think that, like I said, after I got over the fact that it wasn't going to be what... In my mind, is a an alien movie. I it was pretty creepy. Uh, I every single time a character was by themselves, I felt a lot of dread for them, like something really terrible was going to happen. Um, I liked. I thought that the female characters had some pretty strong roles, especially you know for being um, a while ago, you know, 20 years ago or so. Um, Yeah, I liked the diversity of the crew. I thought they were funny. I liked the comic relief of the mechanic guy. He was just ridiculous, but hilarious. Uh, And the fact that he still lived uh, at the very end, I was like, wow, I I was definitely not expecting the comic or the African-American guy to make it to the very end, as (laughs) is very much uh, kind of an unfortunate byproduct of horror movies. Uh, they like to knock off all the minorities first so um, yeah I thought overall it was it was interesting I mean of course some of the effects didn't hold up but some of the effects were really practical the the sphere thing was really well done and super interesting uh, or the core or whatever it was called uh, the ships looked really cool I you could tell that they had some inspiration Um from Star Wars and different things like that, but yeah, I I I dug it.
2: I think what was so scary for me every time I've seen it is that the ship, which has come back from this place called hell, and apparently in the director's cut, uh, Doctor Weir gets a very Old Testament e speech, <laughs> like it's very very biblical and uh, and 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 terrible, and I like the idea that that this darkness or this evil grabs a hold of whatever it sees inside of you that is darkness and exploits that to hurt you. Absolutely. Because everyone has baggage. Everyone has darkness. And again, like setting it in space, like maybe this is just because I've always been a space kid, but it's like we talked about in our alien episode. Like space is the frontier now. Like it's the place where it's cold, it's dead, it's uncaring. Like if there's any place that's further away from our picture of God – in space, I don't even know what it would be. And so the idea that you locate hell out there, sort of, you know, but then when you send these people out there, it's like the dark, cold emptiness of space calls to the dark, cold emptiness that's created by trauma inside of us and manipulates that for no good reason. Like purely just to cause pain for its own sake. And that I think is like the it's like the Joker, right? It's like Evil for evil's sake, chaos for chaos's sake. There's no agenda. There's no like, and that's what he even says. He's like, he's like, let them all go. And and Doctor Weir's like, no, we have a new crew now. And it's like to do what? To go back to hell again and then come back again? <laughs> like there's no end game here. And it's on purpose that there's no end game, and that's what's scary. You know, it's like you can't negotiate with it. It you doesn't no want. Reasoning. Yeah, it doesn't want anything. It just wants to hurt you. Yeah, uh, and that's that's terrifying. So
0: I'm I'm kind of intrigued, Amanda, Stacy, why you didn't feel it was an alien movie, and then Jr. Tell me if this is kind of where your head was at, or if you were somewhere else. But to me, it, when she does the scan and she comes back and she's like, I did find something. Like this entire ship is alive. Like there was there was a life presence that had come back on this ship. Um, but the only way people were able to identify where the ship had been was to call it hell. And I'm to me, that was because they they couldn't think of a worse place. And so to them, they had, they had literally gone to hell. Although it wasn't the literal hell. Yeah, it's not
2: like Lucifer with a pitchfork. No,
0: it was just they knew no other way to describe such pure evil. Um, and so they had gone there. So, but to me, that it had gone through this black hole, um, it had just gone someplace where humans were unable to comprehend you know, the evil. And this entity had come back on the ship um, and will, is what was possessing them and causing this harm. So I I guess I, I definitely saw it as an alien film.
3: Sure. I guess I just sort of felt like it was a spirit, like it was a haunting thing. <laughs> and maybe I need to go and see Hellraiser so that so that I can attribute it differently. But I don't know. Again, I was more expecting a, a life form of sorts as opposed to this spirit-y mm-hmm. thing that possesses you and causes you to see stuff. I mean, it, it was, again, I would I would never classify it as, like, oh, this is a really great alien movie. I would say this is, like, a haunted space movie.
0: So, Have you ever seen Sphere or read the book? No, I haven't. I, maybe that's the other reason why I was so quick to pick it up like that because I do, like, Sphere, they find this spaceship on the ocean floor and inside there's the sphere, this floating metal ball. and. Right they go, the people one by one go to the sphere alone, and they go inside of it, and they come out, and they're altered.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess, uh, I, I don't know.
0: True life form. And so I, I, it was easier for me to buy maybe having read that book and seen that movie.
3: Maybe. But
0: Jay-
3: it's not
4: like a thing, though. It's just like, it's like pure evil. It's the darkness, like what they called it. There's, It's not.
0: But that's where they went when they crossed through. The but that—that's what
4: they—they they called it the darkness. That like was it, not it's, dark. it's not—I don't—I guess it's like Amanda said. It's not like a like a thing. It's just like a terrifying yeah. chaos that just wants to wreak havoc and cause it's, destruction and
2: pain.
0: That's because it's alien
2: too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I took it. I—I I guess I like that it's like a demon possession slash haunting slash alien. Like you, I've never seen I've never seen that movie before, you know?
0: But you do see it as an alien, right? Like there's an entity of force, right? Or do yeah, you oh yeah,
2: yeah yeah. And it's extraterrestrial. Like it's clearly yeah. something that came from somewhere not Earth. Yeah.
4: Well, in that sense, yes, it's an alien, but I feel like there's something more to it than that.
2: I'm okay with that.
3: So if we were to have a a movie like The Conjuring but it just happened to be on a space station, would you call that entity an alien, or would you call it a ghost?
0: It would, ha- it would depend greatly on how it played
3: out. What if someone, it was the conjuring? If someone had brought
0: a witch <laughs> demon with them on the spaceship, A, you're the worst like, um, traveler <laughs> in the world, but, um, but then it would be a possession. Now if they encountered this life form while out and about in space and it didn't board the ship with them from Earth, it's alien.
2: Okay. And I think, I mean, again, I think it matters that this movie is set in space because that's that's part of the darkness that's inside of me. Like that 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 is mirrored by the darkness in space. So if it was going to be set on Earth, it would have to be like, uh, on a lighthouse on an island out in the middle of the ocean where this person is like on their own all the time it would have to be like up in the Arctic somewhere or like it would have to be like it would ha- like the isolation and and the, uh, the detachment would have to be part and parcel of the environment for this film to do the same kinds of things.
3: Huh, I disagree. I think that you could open up a black hole sphere thing in the middle of New York City and it would still have the same kinds of effects because, especially now our that our culture, we, we all isolate ourselves so much and put ourselves in front of screens and everything. I think it could
2: work really well. Alright, uh, what was your favorite part of the film?
0: I enjoyed them clawing out their eyes. I thought that added to the Jesus, level of horror. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I didn't enjoy enjoy it. That, that just added to the plot. <laughs> like, that to me, for them to come back and just not even want to see anything just because they were so mortified like that, I, like, I don't know how else you better put into context how scary something was um, other than to, like, maim yourself to escape it.
4: Um, I think my best is probably when – I can't remember his name – The guy who originally went through, like, the sphere or the portal or whatever, Um, he comes back and then, like, he's comatose for a while, and then he wakes up and then, like, tries to go outside, and he was just, like, in the airlock just saying, like, how terrifying it was, like, that's what really, that really sold me, I I enjoyed that
3: scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, especially how they kept trying to call him back in and talk sense into him, you know, it was like someone standing on a ledge of a building or whatever, um, and he kept, you know, just going back and saying, no, you don't know what I've seen, you can't, yeah. you can't handle it. Yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting, too. Um I would say that the, the Burning Man was really horrifying, especially once we got to see him face-to-face with Lawrence Fishburne's character. Uh, and that whole story of him, you know, just having to leave his his man behind and promising never to do that again, I thought that was really effective, for sure.
0: Yeah, Morpheus did a good job. I liked him in that film.
2: <laughs> this was two years <laughs> before he was Morpheus. Can I'm you believe sorry. that? No. Uh, yeah, I don't... My favorite scare was probably the uh, the scene early on in the med bay where the mom sees the tent and unzips it. Ugh. And you're expecting, like, oh, she's going to unzip it and nothing's going to be there, except her son's there and his legs are all jacked up. Like, that scene keeps going on way past where you thought it would stop. Yeah. Uh, and, and so... I just, I loved, especially that character, like, they, they give you so little time with her, and, and yet you know exactly, like, what it costs for her to be out there, mm-hmm. how much she loves her kid, uh, and then so when she's, like, chasing him at the end and she falls, like, it all was just very tragic, heartbreaking, and totally believable.
3: Yeah, apparently um, one of the cut scenes when it was NC 17 was that her son had, he had maggots crawling all over his legs, too. It's and so I was like, Whew. I'm glad they cut that. That's real gross.
2: Yeah, Ooh. all of all of the hell sequences were a lot longer and all of the scenes where Lawrence Fishburne uh, or Captain, I forget what his last name was, Smith or something, uh, at the end like when, when uh, Dr. Weir is showing him hell like, and he sees his crew being tortured, like it, that was all much longer. You um, know,
4: I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of glad we didn't get any more of that.
2: <laughs> I wish we would have because I didn't find the film
0: horrifying. I deeply enjoyed it. Um, but I didn't find it horrifying.
2: What was your least favorite part?
0: The captain's whole, you know, I won't leave a man behind. And I'm getting nitpicky because for the most part, the entire movie really worked for me. I thought it was well done. Um, The fact that it took him so long to kind of start listening to his people. Like, he had to experience it personally, and yet he's kind of this person who's already positioned himself as uh, my crew first, yada, yada, yada. And yet he's somehow torn between Dr. Weir and his crew. Um and it takes him a while to catch on until he's experienced and he's having that conversation. Like that's the thing. I've never told anyone that, you know. Yeah. Um that I guess that would kind of it didn't fit his character for me, but like i I'm being extra nitpicky because I really enjoy this film.
4: Okay, so my worst actually is your best chair. Jay- well part of your best. The 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 end where the mom runs after the son, it's like you know this ship is crazy you know stuff is happening, and you still choose to, like, run away, like, you you don't split up from people in scary movies. I get that you know you're not on one, but you know scary stuff is happening. You've seen it personally. Like, why would you just, like, run away from safety?
0: But to me, that was part of the power of the ship or the entity or whatever it was. Like, it, I don't think they were fully able to make those rational decisions anymore.
3: I would say for me... uh. I was a little irritated that Dr. Weir came back. I didn't understand why he was all of a sudden back, but, I mean, that's, again, pretty nitpicky. Really, I thought the weakest part was his whole backstory with his wife when we find out that she had committed suicide. I thought that it would have been more compelling if she would have been a part of the crew. Like and he was going out Ooh. there to see if he could find her or save her or just be with her in this weird hell situation. Um, I thought she was terrifying. Like anytime she was, she came out on screen, especially when she, you know she didn't have any eyeballs and all that kind of stuff. It was super <laughs> creepy. Um, but I didn't understand why we needed to have all of that where he was like, oh, I just I worked too much. And maybe it's because he worked so much on this ship.
2: That's how I took it. Him. That's why I liked it. Yeah, like, okay. the ship represented that this was what cost him his wife, mm. and now it was, like, speaking to him as his wife, which, like, doubled down on how horrifying it was.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, see, I, I, I knew he what what was a double-crosser. I just didn't know. I didn't know to what extent. Anyway.
4: Uh, I kind of thought throughout the... Until we found out that the wife killed herself. I thought she initially was part of the crew on the ship in the beginning, and that's why he was, like, so adamant about, like, getting out there and being on the ship the first time around. But I, I like the spin that they did where she killed herself because he was too devoted to his work in the ship.
2: Yeah. my If I had a worse, like... And this is more just again nitpicky, like you said, Mo. Uh, space physics. There's no, like no way Cooper could have made it back to the ship after he got blown off. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but on the same token, I thought the whole airlock sequence with the captain, like getting Justin back into the airlock, was so good and tense and gross and like gut wrenching. I really enjoyed that sequence a lot.
0: I agree. That was just as the blood started to come out of his eyes and stuff. Like that whole scene was intense.
2: And his veins contracted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the I guess one other like I didn't name it as my best, but another thing I really liked is that the two guys who stayed out of the event horizon didn't get visions. You know, like the pilot and then Cooper. Like they and the pilot was like, "I'm not going on that ship. Like screw that. Like no way." (laughs) And so the ship had to orchestrate other ways to get rid of them. And and I, I liked that I liked that I I felt like again except for Doctor Weir like you pointed out Stacey which there must be some other reasons for that uh, I really enjoyed that there was like a seemed like some like pretty clear rules the ship was playing by um, or like trapped by you know I don't know anyway so uh, would you guys recommend this film Absolutely
4: sure definitely
2: Yeah obviously I would too So there you go like <laughs> one that we totally recommend and one that we definitely <laughs>
0: Right. This has been a unique episode.
2: For uh, I will say that the Event Horizon is available on Netflix to stream. So if you have a streaming plan on Netflix, you can get that. Uh, it is not streaming on Amazon Prime unless you rent it. And the fourth kind, you also have to rent there as well. So uh, you're out of luck, and unless unless you uh, want to hate watch that, when you have to pay for it. So. Uh, we are going to do for our next episode Lights Out, which comes out on July 24th, or 22nd I believe is the actual date. Uh, it's a movie that came out uh, from a short film of the same name that's about three minutes long, but will haunt your dreams for an eternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can post, post that in the show notes so you can uh, oh. take a look at the short film but basically it's about a ghost that chases you anytime the lights are out. So,
4: What's more terrifying? <laughs>
2: Nothing. You will never, you'll never shut your light off again, probably. Mm. So
0: <laughs> I already don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we want to say thanks again for listening. You can let us know what you think of either of these films or what horror films you're looking forward to catching soon at don'tsplitup.com or at facebook split, uh, or at facebook.com/slash don'tsplitup. Until next time, hang in there, and whatever you do, don't split up.
1: horror and gore in our podcast, Don't Split Up, where we discuss horror movies and how great or not they are. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friend. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up
0: this place is huge Noah take the back porch scream if you see anything that won't be hard but in observation of this loaded moment I am not in favor of splitting up nor am I three days from retiring I will not be right back
1: Also tell us what your definition of alien is,
3: we want to (laughs) know.